0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Grabs Podcast where we bring the stories of real life rescues to you firsthand from those involved. I'm your host Grant and today I got with me Isaac Frazier from Wichita Fire. We're gonna be talking about a Grab, uh, their crew made on May 3rd, 2023. So Isaac, welcome to the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay, Isaac Frazier. Um, I've been with Wichita coming out, I guess five and a half years now, i of the floor. Uh, I've been on the job now, I think, pushing 20 years, right at 20 years. I was in Florida for 15 years, special operations captain down there. Um, Was born and raised in Wichita, so wanted to eventually come back, gave all that up, came home. And, uh, yeah, I'm just doing that, riding the rescue, having a blast, uh, work with some crews. I'd always wanted to come back to Wichita. I taught here at Wichita for years. And, uh, yeah, my dad did 22 years here, retired as battalion chief. And that's just kind of always where I wanted to work. And I wanted to kind of work my way back home.
0: Uh, Tell us a little bit about Wichita Fire.
1: Okay, 22 stations. We actually have 23. We have a temporary station right now. Um, We run, you know, pumpers just like everybody else. Uh, We have squads, which are like a two-man company in certain stations in the city now. Uh, Seven truck companies, two rescues. Very, very aggressive search culture. Very, very aggressive fire attack culture, uh, you know, truck culture, the whole thing, kind of everything you could wish for all in one. We don't transport. We go on medical calls, but we do not. Uh, we're not a transporting agency. Um, city has roughly around 400,000 people. Um, and I think roughly 135 square miles. I Don't quote me on that, but it's something like that. So very, very dense city. Um, yeah, old, old city. Uh, we were established in 1886 or paid in 1886 local 135 so we've been around a while but it was one of those departments when i was traveling that was traditional but not to a fault they were traditional and progressive at the exact same time which is kind of hard to have Um, anybody that's a chief level came from the floor which is a big deal for me Um, you know you can't even test to be a lieutenant until you're on seven years so um, we don't have guys moving up super super fast guys have to kind of do their time and just something that, that I really, really enjoyed in, in the department. I, you know, knew a bunch of guys here traveling, teaching, FDIC and everywhere. I'd always see a bunch of Wichita guys, and I always kind of gravitated towards them. Um, we have a lot of really, really good firemen that I put up against, you know, pretty much anybody.
0: And you guys get a ton of fire duty and a ton of rescues. Um, can I talk about that just a little bit?
1: Okay. Yeah, we do pretty good. And I don't know the actual numbers, you know, they vary and statistics the statistics. I don't, I don't know all the, you know, factual data on it, but we do good work. We catch um, a lot of work in the city for us, for the amount of truck companies rescues and, and engines that we have um, truck company staff with four engines are still three. The rescue at this time is three the extra in the city, which would be a fourth. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's just an old city. It's a working class blue-collar city. It's a dense city, um, and I mean, we have everything from 1800s to, you know, it seems like the, the norm in the core of the city. You know, it's 30, 40, 50, 60s. I mean, 60s kind of on the newer end, except extreme east, west, and north. But yeah, good amount of duty. I think when this fire dropped May 3rd, I think we were on our good, and I'm saying legitimate work, not kitchen fires or little one room or a little detached garage or something, you know, silly. I think we're on like our 22nd working fire of the year. That was good. Um, so in the first couple of months, that's really, really good for us. Um, but yeah, we catch a good amount of work, get a lot of rest of work, dive. We do a lot of diving, um, all the special operations stuff, task force stuff. So there's a good gambit if you want to train and kind of have a lot of knowledge. And, and get to use that knowledge is the place you get to use it. We're very busy. Um, engine four runs out of our, our house. So it's engine four rescue one off of pretty much Meridian and Kellogg. So rescue one covers pretty much east, west, south side of the city, some of Midtown and then rescue two our second rescue, um, their primary hazmat, we're primary technical rescue and water. And then they cover the north side of the city. So really good guys up there. Rescue two is a really good company. And we work, you know, with our shift crew really, really well, trained with them a lot. So, you know, we kind of split the city up and we'll double up and you know, second alarms, big buildings, you know, really nasty traps. We'll we'll both go.
0: What do you guys get on a uh on a house fire uh assignment wise?
1: <clears throat> um I wanna say it kind of depends on what it is. We got a lot of apartments, a lot of cut up. Um, you know motel hotels a lot of that stuff big balloons they'll get extra engines you know multi-engine assist but three we're pretty pretty norm on like three pumpers you're going to get a couple squads because they're you know throughout the city which is that f550 pickup that they run a lot of medical calls but they're going to be assisted fire attack so it's not a bad spot to be Um, you'll get a rescue and get two truck companies and then you'll get two chiefs one will end up being a safety and one is one is command
0: and then how does your work get divvied up? Is there, you guys do pre-incident uh, assignments, <coughs> IC-driven combination of both or what?
1: Yeah, it it kind of varies. I mean, obviously it's arrival. First, 1st thing company is not going to get water. 1st thing company is going to be fire attack. And I'm saying as in, is it our first new pumper will be fire attack. 1st um, two squad will back them up to assist fire attack. Uh, second engine is going to get water. I mean, it's pretty, pretty divvied. The variation would be, First do truck company or rescue will take search or vent. If they look at it and it's just a chug show, it's just, just gin and nasty, they may go in there and instantly go vent or, you know, to assist fire attack or they may go search. So search vent on the rescues and trucks. Um, that can vary, but it seems like we get search a lot, um, but we will vent too. The only variation is rescue. And that's why I, I like it a lot. Um, along with the special stuff, we can assist fire attack too. Or we can take a line if we have to, which the truck companies typically will not be ever assigned to a line. Um, so we kind of that wild card and can play where the chief needs us.
0: So tell us a little bit about uh, how you guys are doing your searches. If, if I'm a new guy riding with you guys for the day, how you'd tell me, hey, yep. hey Proby, this is what we got to do.
1: Yeah, we're, we're heavy. And this is my opinion. You know, different companies with their captains work different kind of throughout the city to a degree. Um, we're targeted to search big time. Um, you know, my officer will come and he'll, he'll be assistant search with me. He'll be scanning maybe with a tick. It kind of totally depends on visibility, what the situation is, but we're going to work main areas, of egress, um, our outside vent on the rescue or truck is going to hit the back. They're going Charlie side, force through your door. They'll go in sweep of that 10, 15 foot range. Um, solo, a lot of, a lot, a lot of people been found in that back area. Um, you know, prior to fire, when we get back there. So, Hobie will go to the rear, you know, the back end and, and rescue officer will go in and they'll search. But we vest a lot, too. The truck companies vest a lot. We vest a lot. Um, so, it, it totally varies, you know, if it's a commercial, it's a totally different deal. Um, big apartments, you know, it kind of, I don't want to say it, it's like a wild card you bounce from, but there's very different, you know, um, styles depending. And a lot of it's what we have shown, too you know, light smoke we make it a little more, a little more pushy, um, heavy fire. We may shoot straight with the firework our way, um, just depending on how beat up we're getting on the way there. Um, but yeah, it just kind of, it kind of varies. Um, and I think it varies too depending on experience level experience, the officer experience, the fireman and, and kind of who they're with, um, they may push a little more than others.
0: So you you're running with a more experienced crew, you guys spreading out more, uh, than <laughs>
1: if you got like a, yeah. We, a crew. Yeah, we have we have like Jeremiah, our private that drives the rescue most of the time. He's I think 18 year guy with Wichita. Um we have pretty pretty experienced guys. I think I captain maybe 18, 20 years. Um, my lieutenants around the same, you know, that I think 17, 18 year mark. So we got experienced guys. Most of those guys have all come from core companies in the city. So they don't, you know, they're not outlying. And when I say core companies, that's that that central corridor through Wichita. Um you know 22s 11s fives ones fours you know that that central corridor um, that runs through the city it's kind of the core of where the majority of fire duty is now even our we'd call slower companies you know they run more fires than probably a lot of guys in the country do so i'm not saying that they're slow that's not that's not what i mean because we run east and west you know a lot too but uh yeah just it, it just depends kind of on experience level my captain's very, very good. Hauser's very good about, you know, giving me a lot on my leash. We always say, you know, we're on a leash to a degree. Mine's pretty long. I think Jeremiah's pretty long. Um, but at the same time, he knows when to pull it, to. So, you know, he's always watching out and very, very smart with that. But, yeah, they give us a lot of leeway. The Chiefs give us a lot of leeway. Um, you know, we don't uh, – in the last maybe five, now, six years, I've maybe been on – three or four fires that went defensive temporarily Um uh, just outside spraying through windows is not something that we really do we don't do much of that um, we don't do a lot of defensive fires either unless it's you know totally the ground
0: cool but right, why don't you take us to may 3rd 2023 and let's talk about this room okay
1: all right so And if you lose me in my Kansas, Florida, Tennessee, you know, Georgie accent, I apologize. I'm coming off a cold too, but yeah, May 3rd, um, busy shift, did training in the morning. I think we're in the junkyard in the morning, did a big workout at work and we did a leg workout that morning. Um, Fitness is kind of a big deal that's worked into our day and our morning that we'll get knocked out after cleanup in the morning. Um, Busy shift, we do pretty good, get up to lunch. And then from, I want to say we ate lunch around 12, 12, 1230. We never made it back to the station until after 1130 that night. So never made it back to the house. We had two prior working fires to this, um, a two and a half story balloon over in Two's area um, that we were searching on with one of the truck companies. And then had another one that, we, that came out as a possible trap when we were there, um, ended up not being trapped. It was a detached and extended into a vacant But so we were his hot day, you know. We were working, working day long, um, possible pins. Like it was just one of those days that we never made it back. And we were joking, man. After this fire, we got to get some meat. We got to get some meat. We got to get some meat. And even when I teach, I'm always in that mindset. You know, that's the operating. You know, you got to make decisions when you're tired, when you feel like crap, when you haven't eaten. I mean, that's just that's just something that that we operate in. That you know, Mike Tyson punched in the face realm is where we operate. But so we clear, clear that fire, heading back to get fuel. Another house fire dropped, spin around, shoot over there, um, get assist search on that. Get that knocked out. One of the members that was riding in for the day got hurt, um, overheated hurt. So we went to the hospital. Um, engine four was pumping that fire in engine two's area. Uh, just because they, they got their direction off that other fire. They pumped it. So they were kind of tied up. Chief let us go. He knew we'd kind of been beaten up. He kind of let us go, and uh, we talked. To the. I'm pretty sure if I remember right. I know it sounds terrible because it's only like a month away, but I remember Chief cut us go and knew we kind of get beat up, but I feel like we'd already had dinner back at the station to cook um, that we'd got earlier, the pumper got earlier in the day. And, uh, you know, we were talking to him like, hey, we're just going to grab something. You know, now it's 7.30 at night. We still need to get fuel, we were going to shoot back at fuel, and we're going to run up to, uh, I think Jeremiah or one guy said, "A taco shop." Run up there; it's just a local place, and get a, you know three or four boxes of tacos that are twelve or fifteen tacos a piece, um, maybe six boxes. I can't even remember what it was. So we were just running up there to grab quick food. We just didn't have time to cook. It was already getting late, so we uh, shot up that taco shop's up at West Street, up in Aids area. We run fires with Aids, good companies. Um crazy thing is they just truck like, six. We just added truck six and truck seven on in the city through a safer grant. And all the truck companies went to four. Well, that truck company, there hadn't been a truck at eights. They lost a squad and added a truck. So they're a pumper and a truck there, engine and a truck. And it only been online for maybe a month, two months at the most. Um, we ran some other fires with them, and uh, it'll come kind of into the story later, it'll have a lot more sense. Um, on how important it was that they were there, so <clears throat> we're running up. To taco shop It's not an area we really go a lot, and it's up in Eighth District as a rescue. We kind of bounce around. We cover those areas, you know, as a truck, anyways. So we shoot up there, <clears throat> stop by unit you know, Station. Chris grabs Waller, Wallet. My captain was off for the shift; he was on vacations. My engine fours lieutenant was uh, acting captain for the day. So, and I, you know, we can drive the pumper from time to time. Like I'm, I'm used to him. I've worked with him. I worked with him as a fireman on rescue full before they changed to one and two, um, super good fireman, good friend of mine and, uh, stops and grabs his wallet and we're shooting up that area. So we get up there, Jordan Hague was on the back for the night. Um, I was driving cause our senior private was off. So I was driving to rescue. We shoot up there and, uh, we get inside I ordered tacos to go, you know, we get them to go a bunch of boxes. I said, I'm going to go ahead and pay with mine out of the kitty. Cause I'm here. So I get mine. I'm sitting there and I, you know, shoved, I think one or two tacos in my mouth as fast as I could. It's hurrying up. You know, the four people in the restaurant are probably like, what, what is going on here? You know, so I'm eating real quick. George says, Hey man, hey, misses food was coming. I told him I could have as many tacos of mine as they want. He said, no, we'll wait. Big mistake. And uh Hag goes, Hey, you know, um, awesome what's that man that'd be awesome we got a first two house fire house fire right here in eights area like right now to beat him in i said yeah that would be really cool but let me let me get a couple tacos in first let's get a little bit of food yeah yeah yeah. not even 15 seconds later house fire drops in eights right up the block <sighs> so I run out you know spilling my pop dropping stuff everywhere tacos are falling everywhere and uh, end up running running the rig out the parking lot Hop in, fire in, I'm deaf as can be, probably probably talking too loud on this thing, but super deaf from bird hunting as a kid and hereditary or whatever. So I'm running out to the rig. I didn't hear what was that. I just heard him house fire drop and I heard him, you know, say it's eight area. Okay. So I'm running. And I said, Hey, where is it? And I said, McComas, I'm like, really, you know, what block? And they told me to block and man, it's not even like five blocks away from where we're at and we're totally opposite. I want to say engine eight, truck six, or maybe three quarters of a mile down the road in the opposite direction. Hop in. We start hauling. No, nothing extra on the radio. Just a port of a house fire. And uh, we turn. I turn onto Central. Look down the block, and I can see you know eights and truck six pulling out. You know they're coming down the road, so I know they're coming. Holler to Chris. Hey, we're going to be first, dude for sure. And uh, come up, hit the block, turn, and we're maybe two blocks, three blocks out. And I could see, you know, it's, it's now nine, probably nine at night. And, uh, I could see just fire blowing across, you know, 20, 30 feet out the front of this place from a couple blocks out, pull up is we, and that's how we operate. Truck's going to take the front. So I pull down the block, hit the edge of the block, and then, you know, truck will take the front and an engine will operate. We do all, all, uh, bundles. So we don't have any, any pre-connected lines. Maybe the bumper line, you know, some of the pumpers running for a car fire, but all solid boards, all off the back. So engine will stretch off the rear, pull past the house, the whole deal. So we hop out. Heavy fire showing out. Remember when I was pulling up, and this will come into play too. There was a guy kind of in the road, and he, you know, his car was there. His flashes on. And, you know, he's pointing. Chris said, "Hey, we got a pointer." He's pointing, pointing, pointing at the house, and I remember being, you know, just fireman hey get out of the road we could see it you know kind of swerve around him and continue on and uh so just remember that guy so we pull past a digital block you know I've got to finish get my stuff on Chris and hey, you know they're at the front door in no time you know 15 20 seconds to you know, work we don't sprint I know it's kind of frowned upon but we move move with a purpose if that's if that makes any sense but we move He's up there. He gets get to the door first. He's coming off the back. Um, I don't think he had to force it, if I remember right. He he told me I wasn't up there. He yelled back, anybody in there, you know, they're saying no. There's people on the street, which we search, like, it's occupied no matter what. Like, most of the fires we go to, people yell, there's nobody in there, reporter, nobody inside, and that's what most of our, you know, fires have people in them anyways. A lot of our stuff's vacant anymore, um, you know, with no power, electricity, so... Fire is starting somewhere. But we just put that in our head. We always ask in case they can give us somewhere. They give us a little, you know, hey, Johnny's missing or whatever it is. So he makes it up there. Uh, Chris, right behind him, you know, the lieutenant for the day, or the my lieutenant, he's the captain for the day. And I get my stuff on, haul butt up there. Which Wichita, you ride a squad from your first six months, you know, for months up to a year or whatever. So you're used to driving, getting out and instantly throwing your stuff on. In Recruit Academy, you're doing 30 seconds or less. Like it's very, very heavily pushed um, for speed. So if you drive a squat at all, you have to get dressed or, you know, core companies will get a fire knock pretty fast. You won't get to play at all. So I'm hauling butt or moving with a purpose. I get up there not too long behind them. Um, I'm running up. Truck six is pulling up. Air engine eight makes a block. And then they pull on, I think, Bravo side of remember right? And then truck six takes the front. Truck six crew work, you know, around those guys. Uh, Cap Manlow, he was at twos, you know, right after I was at twos. Um, I've worked with him a bunch, been a lot of fires with him. What I was at rescue for at the time, you know, he was at twos on truck two. We ran together a bunch. Um, Donan's driving for the day. I came on in the back. You know, and, and a couple other crew members, but we've worked with these guys. We run fires with them. Um, Doing the driver, he's been on, I think, same thing, eighteen. You know, eighteen years plus. He's their senior private. So, and I worked with him when I was at ones. When I came on as a blue helmet, he was there. Um, as a senior private, so know all these guys pretty well. The department's big enough, four hundred some guys, big enough and small enough so we can know people, which is the, is the nice thing. Um, so I make the front. I my job, I'm first to on a rescue or as a truck and I'm outside vent, period. Like that's that's my thing. Unless they call an all-out search, there's something, somebody hanging from windows, something funky, I'm outside vent. So I've got power, gas, you know, utilities throwing a lot if I need to. I can assist the vent if I need to, but my goal is to get to the rear, and get that rear door forced and sweep. And then everything else kind of comes secondary to that so something that i do some guys do some guys don't i make the front where they're going to push from and and i think there was a secondary video somewhere um i make the front i'll drop down on my knee kind of look around see if i can get a hold of anybody i like to make sure that the stretch is in place they're making their way in first in good shape rescue crews searching and then i uh, work my way to the back i like to make sure that everything's kind of in play before before i commit to the to the rear so I kneel down, looking around, holler back to some civilians that were standing on the street. And I remember being really loud. I was kind of annoyed by it. I don't know why, just because they were like giggling and talking like nothing's going on. And I hollered at them said, hey, is everybody out of the house? And they say, yeah, yeah. You know, one of said we live there. Everybody's out. Everybody's out. Big key factor reported of everybody out. That's the second time it's been everybody out of the house. So I'm there, turn my bottle on, getting ready. I'm watching everything going. Good smoke conditions. Garage, fully involved garage, out two windows on. Bravo. Front garage has already failed. I mean, it had failed blowing 20, 30 feet out. I'm coming to find out there was 250, 300 aerosol cans. The guy works for a um, car company. So the lot, a lot of fire load in there, with vehicle in there. Um, heavy smoke down the, heavy smoke boiling all the way to the kick plate on the front door when Jordan gets it open. Um, and there was a couple windows going off, off Charlie as well. So good, good fire condition, good smoke conditions. So see them. They're starting to make their way perfect. High turn back to get up. The guy that was yelling in the street earlier, which had been standing in the yard and just told, you know, Heg that nobody was in the home um, runs up to me as I'm turning to the, to the back and says, Hey, you know, my sister, my sister's trapped. And I was like, what? He said, yeah, my sister's trapped it, in the basement and he, he's on his phone and I'm kind of confused by it. And, you know, he's on his phone. He turns his phone to me and I can hear her screaming on the telephone. I can actually verbally hear her on the telephone screaming. And I'm like, Whoa, okay. You know, and I'm going, I run up to the front, yell to Chris. They've already, they've already made their way in searching, Yell to the front. Hey, report somebody trapped in the basement just so they could hear. And I haul butt to the back. I'm making the, I'm, I guess I'm making Delta side Dunan, in truck. Six is OV that is walk around in the rear or I run up to him. I'm already masked up. I went ahead and finished getting masked up. up. I'm ready to go right when I get back there. Dunan comes around the corner. I said, Hey, you know, Dave. And I said, we got reported woman trapped in the basement. We've got somebody trapped. And he's like, what? I said, yeah. He said, all right, I'm coming with you because OVs will marry up like that. So I go to the rear. Glad he was there. Very senior guy. been on a long time. Very, very good fireman. A good friend of mine. Make the rear. As I come down, you know, I'm watching everything, kind of see what I have. We don't know where the basement stairs are. No idea. I just know front's bottlenecked up. I'm going to the back. Run around to the back. Right. As I clear that corner, I look over and we've got fire. One window, no fire. There's a sliding glass door that the upper has already failed. Kitchen's totally off. Upper half failed on the slider. Then I've got one door um, that is closed. And then I've got two windows that are blowing fire down Delta. So I'm like, Ooh, you know, we've got, we've got a lot going on here. I'm already masked up, ready to go. Come around the corner, you know, get to that door. I don't, don't have any place to go. I know more than likely that window is not something that's going to get me to the basement. Force that back door as I drive. All I did was go to sound it, and uh, blows you know blows off the hinges, swings open, instantly blows open, instantly met with fire. It's kind of a not an odd layout, but if you look at it, like you know, it's almost like a cross. You've got your entrance door swings open. The door on the right, which was totally burned off top to bottom, is the garage. So that fully involved garage is blowing through to the kitchen to the left. The kitchen. And then come to find out I dropped down you know fire top to bottom and I had probably i want to say 10 12 inches maybe when I dropped down to look underneath maybe 10 12 inches 14 inches something like that I didn't have a tape measure with but dropped down looked underneath and to see no stairs but i see black void you know if you've been in that situation before anything where you're looking for basement stairs there's a void that shouldn't be there you know i I, I can see how it I know it's fire here, it's fire here, but underneath I can see this just vacant spot. It's just that black kind of disappearing um, look. And I'm like, it's got to be the basement stairs. I turned back to Dune and I said, hey, Dune, I've got basement stairs right here. And he's like, are you serious? I said, yes. He said, I'll radio it out and, uh, you know, I'll be right behind you. I said, all right. I said, I'm going. And he's like, okay. And uh, he's still got to get his glove. You know, he was on his walk around and not masked up and stuff yet. So he said, I'll get my stuff on I'll be right behind you. So I look and there's a full video, you know, that they posted. I think the news and everything posted, but it was from one of our battalion vehicles for some Biden for the day filmed that whole rescue part. Um, so I have kind of times, but they're based off the time on the video. We're changing our CAD system. So even like response times, like we don't know, we were there in a, you a know, minute and a half, two minutes, but you know, those numbers, I don't have the exact numbers because they're in a transition of like, new CAD system but from that video I have an idea Um, in that video heavy fire you know two windows heavy fire coming out the door it's still running it's pushing really hard towards the towards the um, either the slider or it's going towards the front it's making a run Um, it's early enough hasn't turned out on me yet and I said I'm going And in the video you kind of see a little one two I'm already off gassing you know my gears already off gassing one two three and I just and it sounds silly, you know, when you look at it now, but, you know, I just jumped um, as hard as I could to try to make that void. I didn't want to get caught in between. I didn't really know how deep that landing was. It could have been two foot. It could have been three, four feet. You know, I just didn't really have that much time. Um, and I just jumped as hard as I could. And uh, next thing I know, I'm in the basement. So I don't know, you know, I felt heat. My gear was saturated. It pulled some resin out of my leather and my, you know, Tets on the right side are kind of jacked up, but I don't know. You know, I just forgot. It may have been so much stimulation at once. But all I know is I jumped, and next thing you know, I'm in the basement. I'm on, you know, on the floor in the basement. So I don't know if I bonged, I don't know if I slid on my butt. I don't know if I went face first and Superman slid. I have no idea. I just know that I jumped hard enough that I didn't know, did not want to get caught in that line of fire. I didn't want to get caught there or get caught on anything. And I remember doing them before I jumped and said, Hey, shut that garage or shut the door to the garage. And, you know, I hollered to him. Hey, it's burned off. There's no door. He was seeing the remaining piece of the door that I swung open that overlap it. Um, <clears throat> actually, you know, I'm in the basement and the minute it is so weird. Cause we made a grab on a, on a guy was not like this. We made a grab on an unresponsive guy, maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, um, with Brandon went on rescue one. And, um, not similar at all. You know, this was one of those that everything, and people say that, but everything slowed down. I'm talking slow, slow. My senses felt heightened. Everything was loud. Like, right when you hit the bottom of the stairs, you know, I'm like, I, I remember I had my light on. Um, or I remember in the video, I have a light on when I when I go. When I hit that basement stair, I could not see my light at all. So I'm sitting next to it kneeling next to it. I can't see the light at all. So heavy smoke conditions, in the basement don't know. He, I don't think the heat was terrible. Um, I was kind of saturated still, but zero, zero biz whatsoever. Um, no visibility at all. Right. When I hit those stairs, I, I remember thinking like, is this happening? I mean, it's so surreal because right when I hit, I instantly hear her screaming. So I can verbally hear her and I'm deaf. So if I could hear her you know, I, I could hear her and she sounds really far away to my left. Um, ended up being excessive storage down there. Never felt any of that. Um, End up being, you know, big piece of furniture. Never felt any of that. I just remember instantly hearing her say, thinking in my mind, this is going to happen. And I, you know, kind of turned to where she was, started yelling out, hey, I'm here. I'm coming to get you, you know, could get try to come towards me, come towards me, come towards me. And um, I start going that way and I'm kind of in a duck crawl, you know, or a duck walk just as quick as I can. I know I'm on, knowing the smoke conditions that I see, she's not going to be responsible for very long. I know that she's on borrowed time. What ended up being is she was in her back bedroom prior that and her brother called when the house on fire and she was asleep, woke up and had a little to no visibility was screaming him on the phone and then once the door is open, she couldn't secure it anymore. And then that's, um, you know, that's kind of how it played out. So she was in a tenable space visibly from the outside. Doesn't look like much tenable space. So, you know, the survivability profile, uh, in my opinion, you know, and I've only been doing it almost 20 years. It's trad. I just don't, I don't operate that way. I think it's totally false. Um, I think people can live in situations that they shouldn't. I think that people survive things they shouldn't. And I think people die sometimes in situations that they shouldn't, you know, by data. But, you know, I'm now I'm working towards her. I'm, I'm going as quick as I can. And uh, everything's slow. I am going, 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 going. I can hear it's a little louder. And then I just run into her. She's like, you know, knees on the floor, crouched down. Um, she was very verbal, like screaming. Um, and she's knees on the ground, like kind of hunched over. And I run into her just blindly, no viz, wham. And I'm like, okay. And I, I just remember saying to her, hey, you know, you've got to come with me. We got to go now. Like now, 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 now. And I didn't want to leave. I came in a particular way. I wanted to make you know, the turn back to the direction I went, not to get disoriented. I just wanted to turn and go. So I turned, not a rescue technique whatsoever that I've ever learned just what I did. I told her, Hey, you know, wrap your hands around the right waist. I grabbed her wrist, turned, you know, put her kind of arms under my armpits and just squeezed and cinched down on her armpit, like her in my armpits, her arms. And then I like leaned forward kind of put borderline on my bottle. Like she was weight was on my bottle. And then I just started going. Um, that was on that video. The entry was at 39 seconds, not on the call. But that video is all I have to go off of. 39 second entry. Um, 39 second entry. I'm heading now towards the the stairs. What I think is the stairs. I'm hauling, hauling, hauling. And she was roughly 15, 20 feet in. um, Which that 10 to 15 feet will come in shortly. Um, I got to remember to talk about that. Um, So I'm working, working that way, working that way. I'm like getting towards the stairs i think i'm getting close i bang into that wall to turn i look up and i'm like hey we're going and i look up top and it's top to bottom fire there is no there's no way out um this is early on in the call so our system for garage fires is pretty is pretty search oriented our first line entry quarter is going inside to protect the search period try to find interior garage door they're protecting the interior space, the occupiable space, and they're going to hold, hold firm there. The second line will go two and a half to the garage and knock the garage down, and it's bread and butter for us. We do that all the time. Um, they get in there, but we're all there so early. The search is so fast and so early. You know, there's one line off. They're operating, trying to keep fire back. They're getting hit in the kitchen. I mean, you know, Jordan Haig, who was right the back of the rescue that day, went in, searched, got to that kitchen area and had a fireball shooting you know across he was down crouched on the ground um, borderline on his stomach he verbally heard her through the floor he heard her screaming through the basement floor or basement ceiling when he was rough I didn't ever tell him at the time I asked him later when we were kind of going over it with one of our spec ops chiefs I'm like hey you know how far how far were you you know, probably from that garage stairs. Cause he didn't know that, or I mean the you know, basement stairs. I said, how far do you think you were? Oh, probably 15, 20 feet roughly. Okay. <laughs> Knowing that I found her roughly 15, 20 feet in. So he was almost directly over the top of her on his search with Chris and could hear him, hear her screaming through the floor. So I don't know thin flooring, you know, it's a thin laminate, whatever it was uh, maybe a AC return or vent there that would make an echo but he was yelling to her, where are you? And she was screaming in the basement. Like it was, it's a weird, weird thing. Um, but once I make that turn, look up the stairs, like it's top to bottom fire. There, there's no passing. I know it'll, well, it'll be done. She ain't going to make it pass. She's starting to go in and out of it. She's getting pretty uh, slurry with her words. Um, so I push back. Um, I turn to try to sweep back. And I hit a doorknob, like in that basement, I hit a doorknob with my arm when I was trying to turn her around. Well, imagine that you're a victim, you've just been grabbed by somebody, you're, you know, fearing for your life, you know, you're in trouble, and they tell you we're going out. And then you get a firewall, you know, wall of fire, and you say, hey, we're not going out anymore. Like, we've got to turn around. I can't imagine the thought process that she had, but her screaming went times 10 of what it was before. I mean, she's upset, obviously. As I turn, doorknob, turn a doorknob, excessive storage, the door had only opened so far. Come to find out it was like laundry room and there was stuff right there. Pushed it open. I'm just thinking I got to get her that's going to be cleaner than where we're at now. I couldn't get in there. Um, Get her down on the ground. Say, hey, you know, like just breathe off the floor, stay down. And I'm kind of, she's on the ground. I'm kind of hovered over, um, you know, I'm on my knees. And I'm just getting, trying to get my radio. I just my radio, you know, it's in a radio purse was underneath my jacket, but I just have it hang in my neck area. Grab it, you know. I think at the 124 mark, the 39 second was entry in the video. 124 I radio out. Um, rescue one. I tried to get out, and got bonked. because um, there were some explosions or something. Somebody was reporting. Rescue one, of mercy traffic. Um, I found a victim in the basement. Um, I need a line to Charlie's side. I can't get past the fire. You know, I need a line to Charlie's side now or whatever I said. Uh, You know, I'm on the ground. I'm going, this is bad. Not for me. At no point was I thinking me. I've got, they got the whole thing with done. I had 4,000 PSI air left. But I'm thinking she's going to go unresponsive and her, her possibility of survival is dropping, you know, every second that we're down there when she's breathing that stuff. So, it wasn't even probably 10, 10 seconds, you know, after I reported that out, I can hear banging. And in my mind, hey, line's coming down. They got a hit like I'm in good shape or doing coming. OK, so I'm like, hey, we got to go now. And I remember telling her she's screaming, you know, losing her mind. I said, hey, you know, you got to get up. We got to go now or you're not going to make it like like you've got to go now. Everything you got same thing, get her up, turn, right as I turn, you know, Doonan runs into me. Hey, you know, we got to go now. Okay. You know, I said lines in place. No, <sighs> which is still is so beyond. There's really nobody to get the line in place yet. You know, interior crews are operating, but to get a line to the Charlie that they're calling for, there's nobody, you know, engine one's coming, you know, they're operating, they're stretching on the garage. You know, this is so much stuff that's going on in a short amount of time. Um, so I said, what? And, He's like, no, we got to take her through the fire, and I remember. Like, I don't know if I said it or I thought it. I'm like, there, this is like, we're gonna burn her to pieces. Like, how? And uh, so he said, We got to get something to cover up with. So he's like sweeping around, finds, I don't know if it was a towel or a blanket, I couldn't see it, I don't know what it was. Um, and he kind of takes it, throws it over, and then he said, We're going. He said, I'll lead the way. So um, he just, you know, tells me don't stop. So I do same thing, Turner grab her. And I'm thinking the way that I, if I start to lose her, she starts to go out. I've got her stuffed under my armpits. I can tuck her and suck her up on my bottle and I can still pump my legs. And I'm driving up these stairs as hard as I can, um, which ended up working, working great. So I'm going, we're it looked like, you know, 500 steps that I had to climb. I was going to the 50th floor is what it felt like which it didn't end up being that, but visually it felt that way. Um, God, you know, I'm stomping, going and, uh, push, 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 push. We're going, 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 going. We're getting up the stairs. Uh, probably I don't know, five, five, six steps from the top. I could feel her legs. Tingling. She's not pushing anymore. You know, doing it the only for to hold her breath. We're going, going, going. We get up to the top, close to the top and doing He's six foot something, you know, and, uh, He stands in front of the fire door, the the garage, still fire coming up top two, three foot, you know, the door, they're starting to get hit on the garage, but still good fire enough to, you know, uh, not be good for her. He uses his body blocks the fire and i run as hard as I could. He said, I looked like a thoroughbred. My legs just were pumping and I was just, I was just driving as hard as I could start to lose her as I'm going out, you know, and kind of hit her. She fell on top of me and we're outside. Um, and then he, you know, he bails out, um, you know, bails out, out out from blocking the door. So we're on the ground roll and I hear her screaming about her knees. I pitched her right on her knee, busted her knee. Um, and, and I remember being like, well, her knee hurts. You know, she's talking. She's a lot like, what? And uh, pull my helmet off, pull my mask off, throw it on her face. She's screaming, get it off me. I said, just breathe, breathe. Sevens runs around. I'm captain and his crew. They run around with O2. Hey, we're getting O2 hooked up. You ready to swap out? You know, I'm talking to her. and Hey, you, you're, you did good. You're doing okay. We're out. And uh, like, hey, you ready? I got the O2 mask. We switched. And then, you know, I stood up. Another company was going ahead and hitting search inside two. Rescue one still searching on one. Um, and then secondaries were being done. I think it was truck one, maybe. Truck six vent the roof. Truck one, I think, ended up going to the basement for a secondary. Rescue one to still operating on one, um, and hey, I you know. I guess they'd already searched one. They were coming around because he was there when I pulled her out. So I had him and uh, Jeremiah, my senior private. He was driving the pumper. He wasn't off for the day. He was driving the pumper for the day because I worked the shift trade the night before and got thumped. And I was driving engine four, um, which is one of our, like our busiest engines in the city, and we got hammered five, six after midnight. It was terrible. So being a good senior private he "Hey, man, why don't, I'll drive the pumps today. You just drive the rescue. You got hammered last night. So he was there. So I've got him and Hag waiting at that door as I pitched out in case something goes wrong, which makes me feel really good now. Um, but she's screaming, doing the whole thing. I get up, seven starts grabbing me. Guys start grabbing me. Hey, how about you burn? And I haven't felt that way before. Um, but I was so overstimulated. I didn't really want to be touched or talked to. And then, uh, you know, brother runs and jumps the fence and comes hugging me. You save my sister. And it was just like so much stimulus. And like I was not, I didn't, I didn't like it. It was kind of a weird, weird, weird feeling. But, you know, we had her, entry was 39 seconds on the video. I radioed out that I'd found her at 124. We were out on the exit at 232 on that video. So total, what, I don't even know. I'm not a math guy minute and 45 seconds from entry to having her out. Um, I felt good about that. Um, found her in under a minute, maybe 45 seconds-ish. Um, it just, it's tough because you get in that position, you know, and after the fact, you know, we went back and looked the next day and you go, man, you know, everybody's like, save her, good grab, whatever, you know, and people are excited. You know, I'm not feeling that way. I'm just thinking that everything, that I've done for 20 years just paid off. You know what I mean? We shouldn't have been in that spot. We shouldn't have been really at Nate's area grabbing food. We already had food to cook. You know, we, like us being there at that time, you know, doing and driving truck six, being around the back at that time with me, like there's all these things that come together. And if you're a Christian or God believer whatsoever, you know, when I looked after the fact, it was a straight line for me to get to her and me to get her back to the stairs. Well, I was sliding on the wall with my shoulder. I used my shoulder kind of to slide. But that wasn't even possible because there was huge dressers there that I never hit and felt. There was the door that I just turned from the stairs and grabbed was probably eight feet from the stairs, which to me is not, not, you know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So, you know, and and I said that kind of in a post we had, it, it was a God thing for sure that we were there. Um, you know, and I said, everybody would have done the same thing. You know, you get to that rear, you're doing everything, but your speed of getting dressed, your speed of response, all of these things that you work on. And, and half the time, you know, early on, your you get made fun of for it. You know, you want to be that, or you want to be super engaged in it. You want to do that. Okay. You know, which not really like that. It's, it's because they know there's nowhere to hide and you're going to work. But, you know, early on in my career, there was times like that. Oh, what do you mean? You know, you want to do that or do this or you know, squirrel or whatever these things they make fun, you know, make fun of these early on. And I feel like everything lined up to be at that point in time, like everything. And I got off the rig, chief said, Hey, we're going to cut you guys quick. Um, uh, Chief Pearman, who is our chief, you know, like division of special ops, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night. He comes straight over when he hears about it, wants to hear the story. He'd been involved in multiple solo rescues, you know, in 2000s. And to have a chief that's that high come up and say, hey, like tell me the real story. I gotta know if, if this is, you know, 1% of what actually happened from what I heard, like this is crazy. Well, on their end, you know, Wichita wasn't always didn't always operate that way. Um, so there's so many guys, Neiman and you know, and and you know, Chief Peer and all these guys over the years that have worked so hard to get to this point. Um, Chief Bowen, like there's so many of them and, and, you know, 50 that that are nameless that, that, you know, I can't take the whole time, but they've kind of built this thing into what it is. And now we're seeing, you know, the the reward for it and their chiefs now, a lot of them, so they're not getting the actual hands on reward, the rescue or whatever, but they're part of it. And it's a beautiful thing that like we've transitioned into what we are. Um, and how we search and I always tell people if I was trapped anywhere in a car, I want to be trapped in Wichita if I'm going to be trapped in a house fire in my family that's where I want to be trapped and it's not an ego thing like we're better than you we're better than you we just have the volume we have the training um so I know that I verbally heard a woman on the radio screaming I know that I had somebody telling me that there was somebody trapped and I know that I found what I what I assumed were stairs um whether it's in some shot and end up playing you know playing out in, in a good way for her and a good way for for us but you know truck six wasn't even a truck two months ago you know and they're part of uh, you know a big rescue like that the outside vent mentality like we do that i'm not a huge outside vent guy because i want to be inside like i like being on the back when i like driving because i like being inside every time but you know there's a purpose for it what if everybody committed to the first floor and couldn't make it you know couldn't make it there so it's a neat thing. Um, like I said, it's overstimulating. I called my wife, you know, she had you know, missed calls from her because I had talked to her, you know, all day. And you know, I thought she knew something. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm okay. Like I'm okay, I'm okay. And she's like, what what are you talking about? You're okay. I'm like, well, I'm I'm okay, babe. You know, borderline like tear up just got so overstimulated. And I'm not a tear eye. And you know, she's like, I'm so proud of you, but you know, I'm mad at you at the same time. Like, did you think about us? No. You know, it, it's just, you know, it takes a long time. It takes being on by a lot of good people. You know, if I'm in a place that, you know, doesn't go to a lot of fires and I have nobody in the back, would I do that? I don't know. But you know, my faith and everything else helps me make decisions like that. You know, when you're not necessarily scared of scared of death, it, it is, and I'm not saying that in like a, Oh, I'm not scared. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but you know, when you have the higher power mentality that there's something else there and I'm, there for a reason maybe that's the one thing i do maybe it's not you know but it it, uh it ended up paying off this time and and i work with some of the best firemen that i believe on the planet and that's that's city-wide that's not even you know it's not even an individual company you know that stuff couldn't be done doing and being there was a big deal you know for me but having good crews that are really really good makes a monster difference i'm running with twos i'm running with you know, elevens 22, all these other companies that are really good core companies, they do a good job. And I know, I know without a doubt, the nastiest stuff I operate in. Any of those crews that were there, I say, hey, you know, I can't get past fire, there's drop down, I'm in rough shape. I need somebody to come get me. There's already three dudes out there waiting to come get me. Like that's different than you know, in a in a volunteer department where you're the first two company, that's all you got. You know, we can operate a little differently. But I know i got really experienced guys that are coming no matter what. That lets my decision-making be a little different than, you know, if I had a two-year guy up there that just transferred and we've never worked with before, you know, instead of doing it. Or, you know, in the chief, you know, that was a captain, that was active, like he said on the radio, straight up, hey, right after I said it, you know, merch track, blah, blah, blah. Within a minute, he says, you know, rescue one or 30 seconds, whatever. Rescue one It's not conditions aren't looking good for you like what do you got down there? And I never answer him. And, and we're like, man, he, he said my heart dropped because he never didn't answer. Well, she's screaming in my face. I can't hear very well anyways, but my radio I drop it I'm gone, and she's screaming her head off. I'm screaming, trying to get her up. I never heard it, you know, but he's experienced enough that he doesn't call, you know, mayday and merchant traffic, everybody out, all these things. He's been on enough fires. He knows like, maybe I didn't hear it or, or, or you know, he just gave me a heads up, but there's was just a lot of stuff to think about.
0: Um, no, everybody that I've met through Wichita is top shelf. And uh, the culture there is, is second to none, uh, which is pretty cool. Because uh, it's like the smallest, busiest place you've never heard of. That Yeah. Of <laughs> yeah. Uh, best kept secret. Uh, so a couple of things I want to highlight on this one is just the time. And you you did that. 39 seconds into the video was the entry to 32 out. So, I mean, it took 10 times the amount of time to explain it. As it actually happened, yeah, uh, which was, cool. yes, um, you know, and the 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 mind set of protecting in place, and you just came through fire, so you can't do you can't take the uh, I, I say it in class, we're not gonna take Gary's mom back through the fire because, <laughs> you know, yeah. she's in a relatively safe place. Now this chick didn't have a whole lot of yeah. time, but but having the awareness to to pause just long enough, and I love that uh, your partner ended up you know, standing in the in. doorway and you know sometimes victim removal is time distance and shielding steal it from hazmat uh but shielding doesn't have to be take a door off of hinges or do something fancy stand in the doorway uh so that's awesome um you know when this when this dropped and i heard you involved i was you know reached out to you and was like like everybody wants to hear what the story was and uh yeah i'm grateful for you sharing that um to wrap up what i'd like to just ask you is you know you've done a lot of training you've been around for a while you're getting some sets and reps quite a bit in wichita what's uh different that you're finding in in actuality than than guys who are out there teaching you know you know sometimes the sets and reps flush yeah. the stuff that maybe isn't a- applicable um talk about that for just a couple minutes before you wrap up
1: Okay, yeah, I, I think the big thing, and it's safety go extrication. That's the main thing that I teach. You know, there's a, a teaching junkyard way, and there's a street way. We just had a pin. You know, ship before last is one of the worst pins I've had since I was in Wichita, and I'm using everything I can. It's a 20 year experience level to get this woman out um, quickly, like very challenging. But it's not junkyard. Like you can't duplicate some of those things. Um, you know, putting an A back on a B and a, and a wrapped floor pan on the feet. You can't do a lot of that stuff um so it takes a lot of reps i think what i found the most is you know everything is so speed sensitive we try in training but it's the speed it's the patient it's the it's the reality that it's all truly happening you know you go in and grab somebody um and, and you know it's a dummy or something okay it's a dummy like you go in and you grab a person that's in training in your mind it's still training and that's the thing that I haven't been able to find to duplicate. We try in the education realm, doing burpees, get, you know, making them run and getting their, their heart rate up. So they're in that heart rate, you know, with everybody watching. And there's a stressor, but there's a stressor with that speed when it's real people um, that is really, really hard to duplicate. Um, we say with diving, you know, you do like distress inoculation. We well, can say you do it in a pool. Well, it's still in a pool. I know I'm not going to die. Like, even if I passed out, somebody's going to pull me up, you know, I'm going to spit water out and we're going to move on. There's still that mindset that you can't, it's almost impossible to duplicate. And it's the comfort of being in fires, you know, watching how I searched when I was early on Do I search now, you know, I'm way out there, but there's things that I'm looking at that I never looked at before. You know, we just vest a window that uh, off dodge, it's best. I get it, get it open up. I'm in quick 15 seconds. You know, I see blips of fire coming overhead like I know in that smoke heavy charge boil, I'm on very very limited time get to the door guess what there's no door the doors is, there is no hinges it's not there so in your mind like oh I got to sweep I get the door okay there's no door to control I know that I have no time so I make my way back by the time that I pitch out head first it's already blowing you know I'm off gas and burning my stuff up but everybody wants to be aggressive but you have to be smart and that's the hard part. And and I think experience is so big with that. And I think, like you said, you know, a lot of the stuff in training, like the stuff that's difficult to do, like when we would do rapid dimension stuff, rescue environment, you're not going to type a hasty harness under heavy conditions. Like forget about it. You know, people teach that. We're not going to do like that. I got her out. That's nothing. I've been to a bunch of classes. That's nothing that I've ever seen. You know, it's just, you react the way you react, and you have a wrist, and it's like turn, okay, grab, and I and I pinch her arms. And I joke with my wife like the physical fitness part of it. If she, you don't need to be two hundred twenty pounds. You don't need to be that strong. Well, we were squatting, you know, five by five sets of four hundred five that morning, and you know, it's kind of my defense. Well, if I'd only weighed hundred thirty pounds, you know, could I have put her on my back i that gotten carried her up the stairs if I couldn't squat, you know, good weight, or I couldn't bench good weight? And I would joke about it, but. It's a whole gambit. The knowledge of it's a whole gambit, but you have to have experience. You just have to have it. Um, and it takes a lot of people a long time. I mean, force one three. I forced more door forced more doors on, on squad two in three months than I forced in 15 years, you know, in Florida. I just did. You know, and these are fortified doors, you know, double bolts, like just stuff that like, it's just different. It's not a door prop. A door prop does not help with wichita doors. It, it shows you the basics, just like a door pop in a junkyard. Does not equate to, you know, a center console dash push and and a column, you know, throw when somebody's feet are in the footwell, like they're not, they're not the same. So you got to get out there and you got to learn things, but training is great, but you're going to have to think everything is thinking under pressure. It has to be the way you train, you know, you train to get the knowledge of it, but the way you operate and think under pressure, like this is over time. Like you have to have time and you have to get it from other people. Like, Nico McBee's a captain on C-Shift on Rescue One. And he's big-time searcher, like, big-time on the job and been searching a long time. So I pick my, like, hey, man, you know, not I'm not picking somebody offline. I'm saying, hey, you know, Captain, in the morning at, at Shift Change, we're caught. hey, when you're searching that way, like, what did you find? Oh, well, we went over a patient here that was burned up. We didn't even know it was there. Or was this, or, you know, I found that you know, hooking the legs, the only thing that works, or I found this, or all these fancy things don't work, or, you know, with skin sloughing off, you know, a wrist grab doesn't work very well, or all these things that are real victims. And they're not always, sometimes they're 240 pounds. Sometimes they're 315 pounds. Sometimes they're 90, very seldom are they 90 pounds, but they're usually, you know, it, it's it's difficult work. And it's just a lot of heart and a lot of grit to get them out. I think, I think you're hundred percent right. I think there is a, a separation, You know, I I think Facebook and and online hurts people because I think people are going to act in a way that they're, they really wouldn't, or they're not, you know? Um, but I think you can learn a lot from that. I think you can learn a lot from people online and seeing things, but you're going to have to experience stuff on your own, man. You got to know for you. And, and if you can't get out of the recliner, you know, you're a dirt bag, then you're probably not going to be great out there either. That's, that's the problem. It's a whole gambit. Um, you know, I wouldn't really want to have that fire ears on. Like in my old place, it would have been tough. It would been really, really tough. But, you know, you got to get every every resource you pops. Again, like, you know, I'm a book reader. I read everything I possibly can. Just for experiences, you look at like the scusive books or some of those that are, you know, about fires and you are reading about people's fires. Or, you know, Last Man Out or some of the older books. Like they're talking about fires that hadn't happened. I'm just using that in my mind, like, gosh dang, what would I happen if, what would I do if that happened? And you just build this like Rolodex if you can uh, of things that, things that would work for you. Um, But yeah, I I think that kind of answers in a a long shot way, maybe. If I didn't confuse more than than I answered.
0: No, and it's a good segue to to wrap up that uh, you know this is I think episode one ten or something in that neighborhood, so uh you know if you're not getting first hand experience, you know just listening to podcasts where guys are willing to share, and i know I know Wichita and a lot of places, the culture is, hey, we just do work, we don't talk about work man, if we're not learning from people that are doing work, we're just making shit up. So, you know, I appreciate you being willing willing to share because, you know, if somebody just simply listens to this and I'm not like, we're not making money off this, this is just to make the fire service better. Uh, You get a chance to hear 110 rescues. You you experience it. You put something on your flash drive from everyone, like blocking a door or what the timeline is, or even you know, looking for that black void uh, might show you the basement. Yep. Somebody's going to use this somewhere in their career. Some one little tidbit that came out of here. Uh, so we appreciate you sharing. Um, yeah, no, if no problem at all. if uh, people want to get a hold of you for any more information or, I mean, I know you're uh, you do a lot of teaching and stuff like that. Uh, how, what's the best way for mm-hmm. them to do that?
1: Oh, they can just hit me up on Facebook at Isaac for, or tactical advantage training, end of the job. You can look that up, any of the social platforms. Um, I'm on all that, or end of the job fs at gmail.com. If you want to email me like Deserb? You know, that's kind of, I know there's a lot of platforms, would be write my name and You should, you should find me somewhere. Cool.
0: Well, I definitely appreciate it. Um, if anybody listening out there is uh, part of a grab, uh, whether it was successful or unsuccessful, there's always something to learn. So reach out to me and see if we can get this recorded. Uh, my phone number is 239-898-0843. I'm back from vacation. So I'm looking to record a bunch of these. Um, and if you're not comfortable talking about it, uh, um, we can do it anonymous or simply just go to firefighterrescuesurvey.com and fill out that information. That way we can uh, we can learn from you. So until next time, Isaac, thank you for sharing. And uh, Uh, Keep staying aggressive out there.